Our Father in heaven, I'm asking that you would make our last five minutes here efficient, that you would allow your truth to be understandable. And I ask in the name of Jesus, amen. The summary of what we've said during this period is that God is going to bring a message again. He's done it before. He's going to do it again. And the reason it wasn't received the first time is that people evaluated the message the wrong way. One thing that we can be doing now to be sure we'll be ready is we can be doing the heart work. You know, God knows what's going on in our hearts. And if sufficient numbers of people were doing the heart work, he would send the message. But why should he send it again when people aren't doing the heart work? Do we need another cycle of rejection? Do you understand how we hold things up by not doing the preparatory work? We can be doing the heart work. We can't evaluate the message on the basis of the grammar or the gestures of the speaker. His appearance, all my comments about how after Jones was speaking, that in the evening time, as people gathered in their rooms, they started talking about how Jones was preaching. You know, I love reading Jones because he speaks about the way I think, and it's, there's a lot of dead periods and kind of strong statements, and it matches well the way I think. But it also is easy to make fun of. And they made fun of it. They laughed. They didn't realize that it insulted the Holy Spirit of God, who had chosen Jones, not on accident, but on purpose, knowing full well all his defects and problems. So we do the heart work because those who are wise will understand. The wicked won't understand. We choose in our mind that we're willing to do whatever God says. Then it's safe or safer for us to face the challenges that come in his truth. We don't rely upon the mind of someone else. We have back here three members of the Aldrich family. And I just mentioned that because that name is so interesting. There, it's no relation to them. But there was a man, Brother Aldridge, in the past who was a youth leader in Battle Creek. You can read about him at canvassing.org, bibledoc.org. Brother Aldrich had a lot of influence. And when he concluded, here's one conclusion he came to, love, joy, and peace are important parts of the gospel. But how we dress and how we eat, those can't be important parts of the gospel. It just made good sense to him. And the youth and many others in the church, when that was his conclusion, it was their conclusion. Brother Aldridge wasn't a consecrated man. It wasn't, they couldn't have, they can't do that safely. You know, George Butler was a consecrated man, and it still wasn't safe. You just can't rely upon someone else to do your thinking for you. For ourselves, how is it that we escape that bondage that means that we'll never understand really what God is teaching? We could start by getting on our knees and asking God to strengthen us in the inner man. When we're strengthened in the inner man, we realize that's not going to take away my habits it's not going to obliterate my passions. Those are going to still be strong. They're going to have a mighty influence in my life, 
then what is changed is that my higher powers are strengthened to the point that I am set free. Then I'm going to have to use my will to do right. Going to have to live by the words that proceed from the mouth of God, and that's faith, living by every word. When I will live by each word, that's faith. That's what it means when Jesus lives in my heart. Maybe I have time to mention that you might wonder in your life sometimes, why did God choose Jones and Wagner? You know, before it was all done, Jones was saying that the Adventist church had become part of Babylon. Jones had turned against Ellen White. He had written a book called Lessons from the Reformation. Unfortunately, you can still find it in some Adventist bookstores. I think the people who sell it don't have any clue. They just think, oh, this is a good book by A.T. Jones. <laughs> but in that book, he proves that she's a false prophet. He went the wrong way. It was because of bitterness. It was because he neglected the heart work that he was advocating himself. And there came a time when a testimony came to him, and he didn't receive it. And that's how we all fall. And then Wagner. You know, Wagner and Jones both had less than ideal marriages. I don't mean that anyone has an ideal marriage. But I mean their marriages particularly were not pleasant to their wives. And Wagner fell to liking his secretary. But he didn't believe in divorce, and he didn't believe in adultery. But he began thinking things through about the way people think when they're walking after the flesh, that maybe in heaven he would marry her instead. He, taught, he called it the doctrine of spiritual affinities. Ellen White called it spiritualism. So that in 1888, the people who were on God's side were Jones and Wagner and Kellogg. And the people that were opposing the truth were A.G. Daniels, George Butler, Uriah Smith. You go forward only 15 years, and the people who were on Satan's side were Jones and Wagner and Kellogg. And of the first, or the three that had been opposing, at least at some point, they had had professed conversions. And we won't know in the judgment how legitimate those were. I mean, until then. What am I saying? Why does God choose faulty men to give his message? You remember the fundamental idea that truth changes us when it has our attention? If there's a man who needs the most changing, then he needs to have the truth to have the most attention in his life. And the very best thing God can do with a man like that is to entrust him with the message to teach it. It's the most likely thing, if anything, to save him. By sharing and teaching, he'll be exposed over and over again. God tries to save the weakest of men by giving them responsibilities and sharing his truth. Mm -hmm. 
but it doesn't take away their weakness. Mm -hmm. I believe it's the reason Lucifer was placed where he was in heaven. Mm -hmm. It's not that he became proud because he was in the highest place. It's that he was placed closest to God to give him the best chance of not becoming proud. <clears throat> then we should think through the fact that we're Seventh-day Adventist. God has entrusted us with truth, and it might be a good question why we know more about it than our neighbors. It might not be because we're more spiritual than them. It might not be because we've sought after the truth more heartily than they have. It might be because God has made a desperate bid to save us and given us responsibility to teach the very truth that if we would teach it would change us and if we neglect to do our duty there's nothing more that he can do for us let's kneel for prayer our father in heaven I thank you for giving Jones and Wagner a fighting chance <clears throat> to know you and to live a life for you. And I ask for each of us here that you would pardon our neglect to do the simplest things you've commanded, to do that heart-searching work. And you would accept our efforts from this point, that you would strengthen us by your spirit in the inner man, that Jesus could live in our hearts as we choose to live by each one of his words, I ask for these gifts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.